the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2020 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. And if it's the first time you're joining the show, again, welcome aboard. The show is in a couple of different parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate. And today it's very important to avoid probate. And as far as elder law is concerned, we're tr- usually trying to save assets from nursing home bills and medical bills. Second part of the show, we talk about politics, history, religion. Today we're going to be touching a little bit on history and religion. We're going to be talking to Father Paul again. I know he's our favorite guest, or at least a lot of you tell me that. And Father Paul is a Capuchin friar who's a medical doctor and a priest who does his work mostly in Lebanon, helping the Christian refugees in that part of the world. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the world situation and what's he doing. And he's going to be going back to Lebanon for um, the Easter season. So he's going to be going back very soon, we hope. And then he'll be back again with us in June. And then we're talking about maybe we're trying to do a fundraiser sometime in November. And we're going to talk to him about it and try to come up with a date in November to do the fundraiser. In the meanwhile, right now, I'm accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hey, everybody. And my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. Now, Michael, what uh, if somebody wants to ask us an email, email question, because we haven't been pushing this enough, um, wh- where do they write us an email question? If you want to send us an email question, you can email us at askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's askmikeconnors at gmail.com. Connors, of course, spelled C-O-N-N-O-R-S. And ask any question at all about estate planning and elder law, and it's, if it's not something we'll do, we'll try to get you to another attorney who can answer the question but please you know the the lifeblood of the show was questions we we haven't been doing the show live in the last few years with COVID and everything else we're we're taping from our office on uh, fifth avenue in brooklyn so send us those email questions we really appreciate and we enjoy answering them but beth you had a question um what did you want me to talk about as far as taxes um today you spoke with a young attorney that you were interviewing 
um, perhaps to come here at, to Connors and Sullivan, and you ask him a specific question about uh, a mother and a daughter living in a house together, and it was initially tax about tax taxes what would happen if the mother died and the, the property, but um, elder law is different from you know the estates when the person's gone, and I think in many respects before the people go. That's when it's more. That's when it's the most important time. How do we take care of the people before the people go? So yes, there the tax consequences when the person's gone. But what about when the mom is still around? Well, again, if she needs care, the rules on home care Medicaid are changing dramatically in the next few months. Now today, um, if if you put all your assets in an irrevocable trust, or if there are a marginal amount of assets, maybe you know give them away. But if you put most of your assets in an irrevocable trust today in April and you get all the transfers done and you get mom or dad under $15,000, I'm sorry, $16,800 by May 1st, before May 1st, you can apply for home care Medicaid on May 1st. There's no look back period for home care Medicaid. Now, I know a lot of people say, what is a look back period? If you apply, if you make an application for benefits from medical assistance to pay your bills, if you apply for nursing home Medicaid, you have to document all your transactions for five years prior to your application, and they can look at all the transactions. Some transactions are allowed, some transactions are not allowed, and if, let's say, you you did a $100,000 transaction that was not allowed, basically right now, New York State, if you live in New York City, would impose a penalty period of seven months. So if you did a $100,000 transaction that was not allowed, you'd have to pay a nursing home bill for seven months to make up for that tr transaction. Of course, in today's world, you know, the, the lower end of nursing homes is about $15,000 a month. So seven times 15, you know, is $105,000. So you got to be careful in what you're doing. And I'll give you an example. A husband and wife. Husband gives uh, $100,000 to his grandkids. You know, he's got 10 grandkids. He gives $10,000 each one of his grandkids because he heard from his accountant that that's allowed, and it is allowed from the IRS. If you make a gift of less than $16,000 a year, you don't have to file a gift tax return. There's no problem with that. However, if, let's say, granddad in this case has to go to a nursing home in a few months, Medicaid's going to look at that $100,000 gift and say, hey, wait a minute you're not allowed to make that gift without penalty. So then you have to pay for um, seven months in a nursing home, which is going to be $105,000. Now, here's the problem. If grandma's still out, grandma's going to be stuck with that bill because her husband made a $100,000 gift. Then she's going to have to pay $105,000 in a nursing home. Now, what can we do about that? Well, hopefully maybe the, the grandkids can give the money back or their parents can give it back. And, you know, then you can apply for Medicaid, and after you get on Medicaid, then grandma can make the same gift again if she wants to. But you got to be very careful in making gifts, and, and that's what the look-back period is about. There is no look-back period right now for home care community Medicaid. You literally give away a million dollars today in April. You can apply for home care Medicaid on May 1st. You say, you're saying, how can that happen? I don't know. That's what the rules are. And I'm here in a lot of cases just explaining the rules. I didn't make them. You know, I'm just explaining them. And 
The problem is this window of opportunity could be closing on us, and it might close as early as July 1st, which means for the sake of argument, if you have a, a couple hundred thousand dollars in your name on June 30th, you may not be able to apply for Medicaid, home care Medicaid, for six months from then, which, I mean, I'm sorry, 30 months from then, which is two and a half years. And that can be a long time if you're 90 years of age. So if you have an elderly relative that, you know, needs some care at home, uh, look into programs with home care Medicaid. But if you're going to do that, act quickly because the world is going to change sooner rather than later. When it's going to change, originally it was supposed to change, you know, almost a year ago. And they kept pushing it off because of the COVID crisis. But we don't know what's going to be in the future. And, and if you want to schedule an appointment with our office, schedule an appointment with the office and, and we can talk it over. You can call us at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, and we'll talk it over. And here's one thing. When we're talking about Medicaid, you know, some of you out there, um, you want to see me, which is great. You're more you're, you're you know, you're more than entitled to schedule an appointment with me, um, and we can do that. But in some cases, if you're in a situation where your family has Medicaid or you're thinking about getting Medicaid, try to speak to one of our medical Medicaid paralegals as soon as possible to get some preliminary advice because everything on Medicaid works on a month-to-month basis. So if we talk to you on April 30th, it may be too late to get you going so you can apply on May 1st. Um and if, if you call us on May 31st, we may not be able to get you on Medicaid at all if they change the rules on July 1st. So, you know, the reason it just happened today, you, you don't necessarily need to, to speak to me. You can talk to one of the Medicaid paralegals. They can give you some advice, and then you come in and see me in another week or two, and we follow up on it. You have something to say, Beth? Yeah. Um, exempt transfers. Um about a month ago, I was talk. I overheard a conversation, and the person did not understand what the word "exempt" meant. So, what 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 does that mean if they hear it? And then uh, what okay. are some of them? There are four exempt transfers, as far as Medicaid is concerned, and this goes into effect even after they change the rules on the look back period for home care Medicaid. If they change the rules in July or August. So the four exempt transfers under Medicaid, which means if you make one of these transfers, it does not incur a penalty for Medicaid. So let's say for the sake of argument between husband and wife, let's say husband has a stroke. He's going to a nursing home in the near future. He can transfer virtually all of his assets to his wife's name. After the transfers are completed, he can apply for medical assistance, Medicaid, to apply for pay for his nursing home bill the first day of the month following the transfers. Now, you might kind of say, well, if he had a stroke and he's not competent, how do we do that? Well, that's where a power of attorney comes into play. And in some cases, I would dare say, as far as elder law is concerned, a power of attorney is one of the most important documents that you can have as far as elder law is concerned, and, and a good power of attorney. The standard form doesn't cut it. And I, I know sometimes it seems like I'm talking myself blue in the face with some people. You got an old power of attorney form, the standard form. You got to print it off the internet. Maybe you got it from a general practice or real estate lawyer or from your financial institution. 
And they may be good forms that allow you to pay bills and do things, but they don't necessarily allow you to do everything you need to do to, let's say, transfer a million dollars, to transfer a house that's worth a million dollars, to transfer a stock portfolio that's worth a couple of hundred thousand dollars, to set up what we call a pooled income trust, which is very important. If you're going to apply for home care Medicaid and your income is more than $1,000 a month, you need to set up a pooled income trust to put your assets, to put your income in that trust to be eligible for Medicaid. And if the person's not competent and you don't have a power of attorney that's broad enough to allow you to do that, well, in that case, you may get stuck. You may have to go to court and ask for court permission. And in today's world, you know, you don't want to have to go to court and ask for court permission. So be prepared. But that's where a power of attorney can come into play. So transfers between spouses are exempt. Transfers to a disabled child are exempt. Now, this causes a lot of confusion because, you know, somebody says, well, uh, you know, I'm 60 years old. I'm not a child. A child, if your parent is alive, you are a child. So let's say we have a 90-year-old parent, 60-year-old child. Mom has a stroke. The 60-year-old child has a bad back, is collecting Social Security disability, and is not working right now. Well, we can transfer all the assets to that disabled child and then apply for nursing home or home care Medicaid the next month. Transfers to a disabled child are exempt. Now, let's say the disabled child has a mental disability and they can't manage the assets. Well, then we can set up what we call a supplemental needs trust transfers those assets for the benefit of the disabled child and have somebody else manage for the disabled child. And believe me, there are a lot of different things we can do as far as that's concerned because, you know, if the disabled child, let's say, has a bad back and is mentally alert, they can start doing a trust, leaving the house to their siblings, brothers and sisters, children, whatever. So, you know, transfers to a disabled child are exempt. If you have a house, co-op, condo, you have a child living in the same house with the parent and, you know, in, in theory, providing care to the parent, which is very broadly interpreted. So basically, if we have, let's say, a house co-op or condo, mom and daughter are living in this property for more than, you know, two years together. Mom puts that property in a trust. Daughter's living in that house. That house is protected from medical bills, nursing home bills immediately. There is a look-back period. They'll check to see if the daughter lives in the house and certain other factors, but that property is protected immediately. Mom can go to a nursing home, and they can't touch that house. And on top of that, what a lot of people don't realize is that if you take money and you spend money in the house, that money will also be protected from medical bills. So let's say mom's going to a nursing home in a few months. She owns a house. Daughter's lived in the house for more than a couple of years. We put that house in a trust for daughter. Then mom puts $100,000 on improvements on the house. You know, and, and anybody who owns an old house knows you can put money in the house quickly. You put 100000 in there. You put a new roof in there. You put a new boiler in there. Maybe you put a new bathroom in there in case mom comes back. Um, you do that, and, and the money you spent on that house will not go to a nursing home free of penalty. And there are other things we can do, too. You can always buy a car. Uh, you can prepay funerals. There, You can buy things. Um, a lot of times I don't like buying things because they have a habit of disappearing and maybe starting family fights or, or things like that. But 
you know, if you're in one of those crisis situations, get the right advice. You can always do something. Because I've seen people literally lose hundreds of thousands of dollars because mom had a stroke. They went to the nursing home. The social worker at the nursing home said, well, you can't do anything. There's a five-year look-back period. You better not do anything. Yes, it makes it a lot easier for the nursing home. They collect your money, and they have an easy Medicaid application when you run out of money, and they probably don't have to do a Medicaid application because the $200,000 is going to pay for the nursing home bill. So again, if you're in a crisis situation, please get the right advice. And if you want to give us a call, give us a call at Connors and Sullivan. So those are three of the exempt transfers. The fourth transfer, if you have a brother or sister, a sibling, living together, living, you know, two siblings, two brothers, two sisters, brother and sister, any combination. Let's say they're living in the same house, co-op, or condo together. Assuming they've been sharing some expenses and, and the other brother or sister, and again, that's very liberally construed, and the other brother or sister, one of them goes to a nursing home, we can transfer the property probably in trust to the other sibling who doesn't go to a nursing home, and that house, co-op or condo, is protected right away. Now, if we have a co-op, one of our problems is we have to go through the co-op board to get approval, and that always causes a little bit of a delay. And I know a lot of people, you know, they tell me, well, why do I have to go to the co-op to transfer my shares to my apartment? Because that's the rules of the game. Sorry. You know, and that's one of the things. You you buy into a co-op. You're buying into their rules. And the co-op says that any transfers to stock certificates has to be approved by the board. So play play by the game. If you have a condo, if you have a house, we can switch a deed over in literally a matter of days and then the person can apply for home care or nursing home Medicaid within days. Now, it takes months to process, but you don't have to worry about paying the bill while the Medicaid application is being processed. So I'm going to summarize again. There are four exempt transfers. Transfers between spouses. Transfers to a disabled child. And again, you know, sometimes disabled child, let's say we have a police officer. He, he was on the job for 25 years. He goes out on disability. He, you know, collects uh, disability because he had an injury. A fireman has a bad back because he lifted something or whatever. That's disabled. And you transfer the assets to that child. Those assets are protected from nursing home bills. They're also home care Medicaid, even when they start putting back the penalty period. If you have transfer of a homestead, and it's got to be the the child and the parent live in the same property for two or more years. And, you know, some people say, oh, I lived there 25 years, 30 years. That's fine. The law says two or more years. So if a son or daughter's lived in the same house, condo, co-op for two or more years, we can put the property in a trust, save it from nursing home bills. We can spend money on the property and save that from nursing home bills. So, and you can always spend your money. Remember that even if you go into a nursing home in the next, um, short period of time, you can spend your money however you want. You can't give it away, but you can prepay funerals. You can buy a car. And you might say, well, why do I want to buy a car if I'm going to a nursing home? Because you can buy a car and your kids can drive it around. And, you know, would you rather give 50000 to the nursing home, not that you give and pay 50000 to the nursing home, or buy a $50,000 car? And then your children can drive it, and after you're gone, they're going to get the car. So you can always spend your money. But if you're in a crisis situation, give us the right advice. So... All these things that you've talked about, if something is exempt, it's okay to do it. Is that right? Yes. 
You know, so these if, are not loopholes. They were these were written into the law. So you know, and and nothing I'm talking about. We're not doing anything under the table. Everything that we're talking about, if we do it, it's not we're sneaky. Reporting. It's going to be reported to everybody. Not necessarily for home care. We may not have to report it. And I know some people say, oh, wait a minute, I thought you could give $10,000 away, and that was exempt. That was okay. That's for the IRS, and it used to be 10000 years ago. That's been indexed for inflation, so it's now at $16,000 a year. If you give $16,000 a year to one person, you're not obligated to file a gift tax return. It still counts as a penalty for Medicaid. But as far as the IRS is concerned, you can give $16,000. let us say you're married. You have two children. Both children are married. The husband gives $16,000 to his daughter, $16,000 to his son, $16,000 to his daughter-in-law, $16,000 to his son-in-law. That's $64,000 he can give away. He doesn't have to file a gift tax return. The wife can do the same thing. So that's $128,000 they can give away. They don't have to file gift tax returns. January 1st of next year, they can do the same thing all over again. So gift taxes are not a problem for the IRS. It's a problem for Medicaid. If you give away 128000 what I just said, well then, in that case, you got a 10-month penalty for Medicaid. One of those family members goes into a nursing home that we just talked about, husband and wife. you got to pay for the nursing home bill for 10 months. That's going to be one hundred and fifty grand. it costs you. So please do things right. Again, if you want to schedule an appointment with us, give us a call at 718-238-6500. Now, people are asking me every day, when are you going to do seminars again? I think we are talking about we're going to probably do seminars at the end of May. Beth, we're working we get, on it right now. Do we get the date set? Um, I don't know that we have the date set, but we're we're working on it. We've got to get the venue, make sure it's okay there, and then then we go. And we're, we're going to get some new little um, cards to send out to people. So we'll hopefully you're on our mailing list. If you're not on our mailing list and you want to be on the mailing list, please just give the office a call. Give us your name and make sure we have your address and we'll make sure a card gets out to you. Okay, well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking to Father Paul from the Middle East. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. 503.
How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized that we love them, there are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about Ukraine, and I guess it's still going to be on the top of everybody's mind. But with us right now is our favorite priest, Father Paul from the Middle East. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Always good to be back. And... um Whoever is listening to us, God bless your heart. Okay, my wife Beth is here, my son Michael. Yes, hello. Hello, everyone. Okay. You know, we were talking before we got on the air, and we were talking about Putin. And and Father Paul, a lot, some people know, but you were born in Poland. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. And my mom was from Poland. And so we are actually totally understanding what's going on in Ukraine. Because, as you know, uh, it's not about Slavic languages only, but it's about the culture, it's about history. So I'm, I'm very happy that the Polish community in, in Poland uh, is really helping Ukrainian refugees. But to be honest with you, who knew that 21st century, continental Europe, and we're going to have another war just become, because somebody's ego is just, you know, it's too much. So it's a really bad time for for ukrainian uh, brothers and sisters but we we keep them in our prayers and um yeah it's not an easy time but i hope uh, i hope they will find hope through uh whoever you know is is bringing that hope to them well you've you've experienced um putin's ego in the middle east oh yeah syria absolutely yeah, and, well, and the usage of gas we yes. understand the syrian fighters now that they're Putin is recruiting. Why would somebody from Syria fight for Putin? 
Oh, because uh, because Putin actually he sent also a lot of uh, mercenaries and, and fighters to to Syria to to support uh, President Assad government, and also you know it's it's very it's very well known that um, the for President Assad uh, the political asylum was offered by Russia the very first day if, in case he needs help. I remember when I was there, why in the middle of nowhere in Syria, instead of Syrian soldiers, you have a Russian soldier telling you what to do and where to ride the car. So for me, that was kind of interesting. And also remember, it's a very strategic place. So for Russia, it's the best place to be. And we remember, Russia wanted to be back in the Middle East because they've lost that that uh, military power touch for, for quite some time. Uh, once they left Afghanistan, and they they tried to really focus on on those republic next to them, but it was a great opportunity for them to be back. and And I would say, uh, the, the the Putin's regime is it's all about misguiding people, but using um, a chemical weapon or or gas, I, I I would say it's more than just misguiding. It's it's basically uh, massacring people on a daily basis. May I, Putin? Who is he allied with in the the Middle East? Is it Iran? Is it Saudi Arabia? That's a very good question because uh, officially nobody knows because we don't know how many talks he had with whom. What we know is that he's really pro-Syrian government and he's supporting them, but China does the same. Uh, they don't really have like an open, uh, uh, how do you call it here, beef or any negativity with Saudi Arabia. But at the end of the day, as you know, uh, Islam is about Shia and Sunni. So maybe he's talking to one part of, of the movement and not to the other one, but we don't know which one is his favorite. And it's also very interesting that many post-Soviet republics, they're Islamic republics actually, mm -hmm. through the cultural religion, and he was always very strict about that, that um, you know, the very first religion that, that he's supporting is the, the Orthodox one. But from the political perspective, it's interesting because if you see the... Um, I, I look at this from Beirut experience. When I saw the new project of the, of the Russian embassy last time when I was there, it's a state within the state. It's, it's, it's a humongous territory that they build up with the, the new consulate and embassy and everything. That says a lot when you invest a lot of money to, to have a larger space. Mm -hmm. But they do the same thing in, in Syria, so I think their presence will be pretty much solid. What I'm really concerned about, Beth, is uh, why, how much do we really know about the strategy um, of him unless these poor Russian soldiers were crying in Ukraine because they didn't even know that they went for war. They thought it's a drill. They thought it was like exercising. And these days, you know, people were recording these, these. I would say, honestly, poor Russian soldiers. Most of them were like 20-something years, 20, 21, right. 22. And they, they realized maybe a few days later that actually they're invading a foreign entity. Ukraine, it's it's independent foreign entity. So that, that, that says a lot about how he was misguiding, Mr. Putin was misguiding even his own army. Now, I mean, the question is, is he being strategic at this point, or is he really just kind of lost a step and given into ego entirely? He doesn't have a military training or military strategy studies, but, you know, KGB, you know how to how to develop um, a fake news or that, that type of information just to, to let you know that you, you think you believe that's true, but actually it's totally opposite. It's just a make-up story. So I think that's a strategy. I would say... 
I'm sure we remember Goebbels in in Germany, the Nazi of course, Germany. Of course. So he was also a master of of mis of misguiding people, and the way he was presenting the Nazi movement, it's like a, it's like a beacon of hope, without telling people that actually will massacre millions of 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 people who are actually different from us. And I I think it's the same scenario with what's going on now. What I'm really concerned as well is also that uh, international community, let's say NATO, they would easily. Um, uh, what they would that would be nice if they they could decide to have a non-flight zone uh, um, for Ukraine. That's what pres Ukrainian president was asking many times. And yes, Ukraine is not uh, a member of NATO, but still, it's a European country, independent entity being invaded. So history it's kind of showing us that you know crazy egos, and this is what we have now. But he's he's not really like a military strategy specialist. It's it's more about misguiding and. Right. And also remember, he has so many trolls that he hired to, to do online to all over the internet. And oh yes, especially else. internet. That's that's yeah. that's some that's that's a huge, and an amazing tool that he's using now against a lot of people. Before he didn't have chance to use it because we didn't have it, but mm -hmm. now we have it. So here we are. I want to go back a little bit. We're talking about Assad. Who is Assad? Because we haven't spoken a lot about the Middle East with Ukraine and everything, but he's really a nice guy, isn't he? <laughs> President Assad, yes. Mr. Connors, you should be canonized <laughs> by me like tomorrow. Um, so President Assad, uh, like his father, who was also a president, as you know, it's a family business being a president in Syria. So um, he's a, a member of Alawite um, minority group in, in Syria. So they're not Shia, they're not Sunni, Alawite. And, uh, and um, I think... Um, what we can say about him, especially now, why would you use a chemical weapon against your own people? That's what he did. And we know it because when I was seeing all these refugees in, in, in Jordan and in, in Lebanon, all these reactions after, you know, and yes, I am a physician, but it's not rocket science when you see somebody with a skin reaction and, and eye reaction and, and, and you know, um, with burned skin, you know what's going on. So I think, uh, I think, I'm kind of surprised that international community forgot so fast what he did, and now he's like traveling, doing you know, on, on like between Middle Eastern countries. So I'm kind of concerned how far he can go. But um, I wouldn't say he's really a, a perfect person to be there as a president. And his dad was also a horrible one. Yeah. And what did he do to his brother? Oh, we call it elimination. <laughs> yes. So imagine if you have like a um, um, a, a dinner and and suddenly the head of the family decides you you you're gone, but like you're literally gone, which means your existence is no more in existence. That's what happened. So this is kind of a Middle Eastern type of solving family issues. Please do not follow Saudi Arabia too. Oh yes, yeah. yes. Or also ki killing journalists and. And independent people. Look what happens in Turkey. How can you arrest judges, journalists, intellectual right. uh, uh, part of the society? Because you you want to silence people. And it, it reminds me of that gospel, uh, where where the blind man was sitting on the street and he was screaming, "Jesus Christ, please um, um, help me!" And 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 people around him were silencing silencing him, telling him stop yelling and screaming. And it's like, no, I want to. To know Jesus Christ, I'm here, and and Jesus Christ approached him, and he said, "What do you want from me?" And he said, "I want to see 
So that was a miracle, amazing one. But people were silencing him around, uh, around him. So that's what's happening now. So let's see. Let it's, me, it's, a, it's a hard time for everyone. Now, you've been in, in a lot of different parts of the world. Let me ask you this one question, which how come, let's say, what happens in Syria gets forgotten so quickly? Meanwhile, Ukraine, we see it every day. You know, you, you watch the news, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What's the difference? Why? Um, I would say power, it's a, it's a huge addiction. And if also powerful people are using it against their own people, that's something that is, because culturally and historically, uh, Russia, Ukraine, you know, we may say they're, they're two different countries, but history, they were sharing the same history. And even, it's kind of interesting, yesterday someone told me, we even share the same menu, the same food traditions, cuisine. Um, you know how many mixed marriages are here in the U.S., Ukrainian and Russian. So, so it, it was really a, a painful experience. But um, how I see it now is that somebody decided we have to we have to do our best to to create that tension and 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 uh, and tell people actually this is your enemy. You shouldn't be talking to him now. Ukrainians are our are, are enemies for, for for the Russian government, but it's the same strategy Mr. Connors did it in Rwanda. If you remember, Belgian king, a Belgian government, they said Tutsi and Hutu. They said now you hate each other, you're gonna kill each mm -hmm. other, and that's what happened: genocide. Yeah. So we are experiencing that genocide now in a 21st century European country, and it's kind of also interesting. I realize that here in the U.S. as well, these last few days. Ukrainian and uh, war is not is no longer a number one news. Like yesterday, and I was shocked. Yesterday, it was the fourth one, because the first one was Kardashians in Miami. Number two was some kind of story from the grocery store. Number three was of course Biden in Europe, and number four was Ukraine as a result of his visit. Can you believe it? How quickly also media are switching their topics because they got bored. But I would say it's a, it's we are we are kind of witnessing a genocide in an independent country, um, organized, orchestrated by somebody's ego, and and it's now news number four. That says a lot. So it's really upsetting. All right, now I just want to refresh people because you know we get listeners every week, and we're you know expanding our audience. I understand, but. Can you tell the audience who you are, what you're a Capuchin priest, which explain what that is. It's a Franciscan movement, amazing one. It gives you a lot of freedom to think. So far, so good. So um, Capuchin friars decided one day um, in the 17th century that they want to be closer to people and they want to go out and look for people because whoever is in the church, it's fine, but how many people are still outside? So that was the, the Capuchin reform or movement, which was also based on the Franciscan movement um, uh, kind of rules that St. Francis wanted to, to share with others. So um, very Franciscan, and uh, we're very happy to be with people and for people. Um, it doesn't matter how many fancy titles we have to do the job, because at the end of the day, if we can change somebody's life, uh, that's the main uh, that's the main uh, mission that we are trying to go for. And a lot of Capuchin friars here in, in the U.S., uh, I know, they do a lot of, uh, a lot of activities, a lot of, um, a lot of, they have a lot of opportunities to work with people, especially people who are really in need. But Middle East is a little bit um, different because we cannot really religiously be present. 
um, over there. What I'm doing for almost 21 years is to be a, a good physician, uh, somebody who, who, who tries to help. Um, I can celebrate Mass in, in a private space, of course, but it's not something I can do on a daily basis. Sharia law is very strict, so um, and also Christian community, we, we forget the whole the whole Christian community in Middle East and North Africa, six million people, six million Christians. So I'm very happy to help at least few of them in 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 Lebanon for quite some time. And um, but that's because the Franciscan movement and Saint Francis, he was actually rewriting the idea of being with people. And I don't know if you remember whoever is listening to us. The very first um, meeting between the Pope and St. Francis from Assisi was a disaster because Pope told St. Francis back then there is no way, it's not possible to live by the gospel. It's not possible. And St. Francis was telling him it is possible. It's a, it's a, it's a life message. So the Pope rejected him. He rejected, he rejected him for number one, for number two, and for the third time he actually said yes. So can you believe it? So... So I think Capuchin Friars or Franciscan, it's, uh, they're never kind of, you know, giving up. And and sometimes the structure can be also uh, damaged at some point, the structure of the church. But the, the renewal, the, the gospel, that's what we have to um, to create something new. Did you ever see the movie, uh, what is it, Brother... Bro uh, Moon, bro yeah. Brother Moon, Sister... Yes, Franco Zeffirelli movie, beautiful yeah. movie. But there's one... <laughs> One issue with the movie, everyone thinks that St. Francis was like a cute, handsome guy and that he was like singing. So the, the image they showed is more like a poet or somebody who was like singing and writing poetry. He was a very tough guy. Imagine Italy, 12th and 13th century, mountain area, rural area. You, you can't be just a poet because nobody cares about your poetry. Most of these people <laughs> back then, they couldn't even read because they were so poor. He was a very tough guy. Uh, yes, he was born in a rich family, but you know, these days you can be born rich, but still have nothing in your brain, and you know what I'm talking about. But um, St. Francis, he was a very tough guy. He, he really... He was a soldier before. He was a soldier, yes. But also, uh, I think the message of the gospel, even to, to spread and to share with others, you have to be tough. Italy, it's not an easy country to be with, and if you're married to an Italian, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> They are not quiet people. They are lovely. It's all about pasta, you know, love Small and peace. Potatoes. But at the oh, end of the day, it has to be the way they want it to be. So St. Francis, I really admire his, his personality, but the movie showed him most of the time as like an in-love poet and, of course, like, a, you know, with lyrics. And But he was also very lonely because once you start something and, and you do this by yourself, there's a lot of loneliness attached to but he, he's he's a great guy, and I'm not I'm not surprised that um, many people consider him as really a, a great saint. Even Protestant friends that I have in Europe, they're like, "That's the only one we can follow up with because you Catholics, you're nuts." I was like, "Well, maybe not nuts, but I understand why Saint Francis is so popular. I like he was a great Francis. guy." Yes. Let me yes. ask you something: Was Saint Francis ever in Lebanon? Well, now he is. Yeah, I know now he is, but <laughs> oh, when he back is. Oh, uh, that's Francis a great question. Yes, our nonprofit organization that um, we had the chance to to start with with Mr. Connors, Beth, and Michael, and um, and we are officially recognized by IRS and and all your help you can 
you can do it's deductible that's how it's that that's how they say it's a fancy language that i had no idea about and now i know it's deductible but to answer your question mr connors uh he went to morocco he went to morocco uh he didn't have a chance to visit lebanon but he went to morocco and he really uh made a huge impression of of the king of morocco back then who actually showed him the country and it's it's a it's a huge story about that but what happened after they massacred all franciscans that were in in morocco once francis since francis left so you know it's all about the judgment at the end of the day but he went there but he always wanted to be with people maybe that's why he decided to go to to morocco and i decided to go to lebanon and jordan so because i love people but saint francis in beirut yes that's our non-profit and and if, if if you have two dollars to spare with us please do so and and it's tax deductible uh, Mr. Connors will tell you what's the meaning of it because I have no idea. And uh, yeah, but also we need a lot of prayers uh, from you, my friends, whoever's listening to us, especially for Ukraine now, because we talk also about Christian community over there. It's Orthodox Church, but they're Christians. They're part of our family. And I think they're really in, a, in, a, in the middle of nowhere with the situation, what's going on. So they really need our prayers too. Yeah, now we just... We we kind of were just talking before we went on the show, but we're we're targeting. I mean, it may be subject to change, but November seventeenth. That's November seventeenth. Right. Yes, Thursday. Thursday. If you can join us for our fundraising to help our Christian community, especially for medical help, that, that's something I, I have to really stress out. It's all about medical help, medical equipment, um, healthcare to, to provide for, to to our Christian community. Um, I do not collect rosaries or, or holy images because that, that's illegal, but I do collect hopes. I do collect your your desire to, to help us. And yes, November 17, that would be best time to, 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 to see each other for our fundraising to kind of help our Christian community in Lebanon through um, St. Francis in Beirut nonprofit organization. All right. Now, the exact time and place we're going to be working on, but we yes. set the date. Yes, and November we're going to be working 17th. on that. We'll make further announcements. I'm sure you're going to be on the show, absolutely, more than a few times. Please mark and, your calendar. Mm-hmm. Okay, and finally, you want to just say a prayer for our friends in the. Oh yes, Ukraine. for our friends in 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 Ukraine, and and also a lot of a huge gratitude for for whoever is helping them, from so many different countries, from so many different communities, and uh, that's how I believe in hope, uh, even though sometimes it's it's really hard. So Lord. Guide us through this experience, and um, let us let us uh, understand what's the message behind what's going on. What would you like to tell us now? Um, maybe we should think more about forgiveness. Uh, maybe we should think more about um, giving away our pride, and just for a moment stay humble and realize that there are certain people who are really suffering now. And we would like to ask you, Lord, to be with them, especially these days, these weeks, these months, um, through their suffering, through their uh, sorrows, through their uh, war um, situation. And please also guide our mindset, because once we are guided by, by fear, we will be paralyzed. We want to be guided by you, not by fear. So please help us with this. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. 
Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope, we can give them medicines, we can give them medical equipment, we can give them everything they're looking for, because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, there are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. You know, always appreciate Father Paul coming on, and again, we, we are going to work on that fundraiser in November. Um, next week... You know, we've had people on from the Ukraine, and we're going to, we're going to have a couple of our employees on in a, in a few weeks, and who one escaped from the Ukraine not that long ago, and the other one who's got her daughter and grandchildren in the Ukraine, and we'll, we'll try to talk to them. Sometimes I get upset about talking, so we'll see. But you know, remember that you, you know nothing really is unique in this world. We're going to talk to Rita, who was on a, a couple of months ago. And Rita's 96 years old, and she lived through the London Blitz in World War II. And she really has some remarkable stories about what happened to her, what her family went through, what her neighbors went through. And we're going we're gonna to have almost the whole show talking to Rita about her experiences during World War II, where, where she lived through the Blitz. And you can't believe that those people in England lived through that. I mean, this is, she's saying it, it's just as if it were yesterday when she's talking to us. And I mean, um, she broke down in tears twice. And the first time was there was a young um, pilot that she, I think, was in love with. And um, he went off on the, 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 European RAF RAF and he went 
and he didn't come back, you know, so it was just, and she, she broke down as if, as if it were yesterday. And we are blessed to have wonderful clients, friends that can tell these stories. Um, these are everyday people. I mean, this, your, um, Catholic war vets, it was it was w- wonderful that they could tell their stories from World War II, and we're going to have some more on. But these these are these are people just like you and I, who have experienced horrible things. And this is what's going on in Ukraine right now. You've got mothers and their children being separated from the fathers who are going back in to try to to save their homes and. Every, you know, this woman, Rita, lived through that when she grew, when she was growing up, and now it's happening all over again. Okay, so it's time to end the show. We'll see you next week at the same times and same stations. Thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Bye-bye, everyone. And my son, Michael, on the controls. Thanks for joining us for yet another week. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.